Graham Rowntree has been announced as uh, the new coach of Munster Rugby. That was such a big momentum changer for me. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neve Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. We are just a couple of days out for one of the biggest events in the history of women's boxing. It is, of course, Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano at the Garden on Saturday night. And to help us preview this massive event, it is Brian Campbell of CBS and Showtime. Brian, good morning to you. Thanks, Millie, for taking the call. Oh, come on. I'm fired the heck up for big time fights. And now we've got, <laughs> I don't know, the biggest women's fight in the history of organized boxing. Yeah, I can wake up early for this one. Come on. For, for boxing fans, it's an easy one to get on board with. How much has this started to move the dial in the United States when it comes to casual sports fans and casual boxing fans? I, I would say slowly but steadily. I think the, the, the drums are starting to get banged because, look, um, you know, the UFC, the MMA in general has done an incredible job at making their women's divisions matter making the stakes high, making the, the competition level high. Women's boxing has really just had such a, 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 it's been behind for so long, you know, and I'm certainly old enough to remember when superstars and now Hall of Famers like a Christy Martin were big-time featured fighters or a Layla Ali who was absolutely a legit or an Ann Wolf or you can name any of them, but really those are few and far between. And sometimes, you know, when you look back at those days in the 90s of Don King putting Christy Martin in prominent pay-per-view cards, it was still an attraction. I think we're in for the first time the golden era of women's boxing being treated as legitimate boxing. And I think this is the perfect fight at the perfect time for that. Has it caught on with casual sports fans in America? I, I want to say not yet, although we got a you know a couple days left. But I'm very happy to see at the very least the boxing fan base, which I'm sure you know from your side of the pond, can be a can be a uh, a dark critical bunch. They have embraced this fight full bore, embraced the hyperbole around it of saying it's the most important women's fight, you know, in terms of stakes, pound for pound rankings that we've arguably ever had. And I think a big part of that is obviously the success of Katie Taylor globally, but, but promoters like Eddie Hearn and now Jake Paul committing to making this feel big. If you would ask me a year ago, are Serrano and Taylor on a collision course to a very interesting fight? I would have said yes. If you would have said, hey, hey, BC. New York's Madison Square Garden. I've been like, uh, yeah, maybe on the prelims, right? Or you know what I mean? Like, no, they got the full treatment, the best treatment you can possibly get, and they deserve it. And the only thing I'm here to tell you negative about this fight is if you ever needed a fight to finally kick the doors down and get rid of two-minute rounds for women, get rid of 10-round distances and title bouts, this would have been it. I know Team Serrano tried to push for it. For whatever reason, Katie Taylor was hesitant, but I think that's the only thing lacking in this being a celebration of what it is, and that's women's boxing being treated on an equal plane. About damn time, right? Yeah, that's really interesting. There's a lot of things to get into there, and I guess just to stick with that theme of trying to capture the public consciousness in, in the States, they both appeared on the Today Show this week, and it's really interesting when you see Katie Taylor in public places trying to sell a fight i guess other people are trying to sell a fight she's trying to win a fight uh she has made no bones about the fact that she just doesn't really engage in trash talk but it seems that amanda serrano is pretty okay with that as well there's a huge amount of respect between the two of them i don't know brian i think that there's a bit of a unique selling point in the world of combat sports for respect and for two people who actually like each other it's like what is this this does this does not feel normal this feels a little bit i new. know it, but at the same time it's refreshing right because normally you have to do that whether you're male or female, to add attention to it. 
This fight, because again, it's been given big time stakes, main event, Madison Square Garden. A lot of that has spoken for it. But but again, look, you know, as much as I'm going to sit here and, and shout out Eddie Hearn, I mean, Jake Paul's ability to get in this conversation relatively late to scoop up Serrano, who's been, you know, American boxing's best kept secret in so many ways, fighting for peanuts on literally any network she can grab onto. Now you've got Jake Paul who love him or hate him or whatever you believe his role is in boxing right now. He demands an audience. He gets people from outside boxing to care. So it has allowed these two great athletes to, to focus on being professional. Now, Team Serrano, a little bit more spicy than Team Taylor. If you spend any time around Amanda Serrano's brother-in-law slash manager slash trainer, Jordan Maldonado, he loves he loves to stir the pot and get the fireworks going. But, but to your point, it's, it's, it's been about what it's about, respect. And let's find out who's the best fighter of this era. And it's rare in male or female boxing. And it's a joy when we can get number one and two or, or three or whatever, pound for pound, you know, we can get two guys, two women in the top five to fight each other. Cause that's the best play. That's the best way to, to separate yourself from the pack. And part of why this fight happening now is perfect. And, and it's easy to make is because let's give Amanda Serrano some credit. She's of course the most decorated female fighter in boxing history in terms of titles in multiple weight classes. Well, I think five up to this point, but she's literally willing on the drop of a hat with one training camp's time to fight anywhere from 118 to 140 pounds. That, that alone does not get talked about enough. Her willingness and Clarissa Shields, also another big time star in this women's movement is also as willing to basically say wherever the big fight is, I need to be there. I'm going to get my body there. No excuses. I'm going to show up. If you like the purity of the sport, right? Forget the trash talking. You like the purity of, of not fighting for, for money, but fighting for greatness. This is what this fight is all about. It's got that old school feel and I love it. It's kind of ironic, Frank. You're talking about this being such a pure fight and kind of a bit of a throwback almost and level of respect. But then on the other side of the equation, you've got that Paul involvement. I'm just curious, you've spoken about the escalation of the stakes here and the escalation of the platform. How much is his involvement helping to raise our profile or is he a smart guy getting on a train that was already leaving the station? And do we kind of understand what his motivations are for getting involved here? Because he's really got himself a front seat in this event, which is going to go down in boxing history. And so with his name. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, meaning... You know, he's he got lucky in terms of, OK, he wants to get into boxing, which he's done with his pay-per-view cards, whether you think they're carnival or legit. And, you know, let's give him credit in the celebrity bubble. He's he's pretty damn good. He takes it seriously. But he's looking for a bigger picture statement to make on his involvement in combat sports in a short period of time. Some of that involves the the, the fighting he does with UFC's Dana White and the, and the attempts to try to lure those fighters over. But was it advantageous for him to get into the promotional game at the same time? And it just so happens that one of the best fighters in the world, regardless of gen gender, as I mentioned, Amanda Serrano, just never got the real promotional push that's in line with her skill set. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. But to his credit, in, in Nikisa, uh, his, his promoter, of his partner there in MVP Promotions, who, uh, who ironically comes from the UFC, was a former COO. But, you know, they, they have the knowledge collectively. They've got the platform. But I think they've done a great job at getting Amanda paid. And that's been regardless of who she's faced on this journey. They've thrown her in the co-main event on the Jake Paul pay-per-view cards, which have, again, brought a different audience. I've been there for the Jake Paul pay-per-views. There's there's like a, a, a young gamer audience. There's not, it's not a traditional boxing audience by any means. That has been important. So whether he's doing it 
to try to paint himself strategically as a Robin Hood of boxing, as a guy who's coming in, even though all the arguments are about UFC fighter pay, right? But yet he's trying to be this Robin Hood. Again, I don't care if his intentions are right on or if you think his intentions are right on. It's kind of working. He's got Amanda to this stage. Eddie Hearn and DeZone needed to step in on the state side as well and say, we want to make this a big deal. They did. Um, you mentioned the Today Show. I didn't even I wasn't even aware they were on the Today Show. And I watched the Today Show regularly. So, yeah, this has made a a, a continued crossover footprint. And, and can I shout out one more entity? Uh, this Saturday, April 30th, it's not just this Taylor Serrano fight, but there's another really, really, really big boxing fight in the States in Las Vegas. Shakur Stevenson, Oscar Valdez, two unbeatens for, for junior lightweight titles. They've agreed, ESPN and company, to start their main event later so we're not going to head-to-head. Now, they're claiming also it's for the goodwill of the sport. Again, whatever their intentions are, the fans win, the fighters win. We can see both great fights now staggered in terms of the main events. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I, again, I don't care if Jake Paul's doing it for, for the wrong reasons. The right result is happening. I guess it's just been so many people who've been doing it for the wrong reasons for sure, but also not getting great results or getting incorrect outcomes, I guess, for the fighters for so long in this game that this kind of makes it a bit of a breath of fresh air, if I can even go that far. And like, like how pervasive do you think this will be over the next little while in terms of Jake Paul's influence specifically? Because obviously his beef with Dana White has been very public and you mentioned the UFC fighters conditions there. Is he going to be the guy who single-handedly changes things like that? Or do you think other... I guess people of power within combat sports will wake up and realize what Jake is about to do and, and say, listen, we need to change it ourselves. Are you, are you saying in regards to women's boxing and his, in his women's efforts? boxing and, and also conditions for UFC fighters? Yeah. I mean, can, can Jake Paul actually make change in the UFC fighter pay game? In one point you could say it doesn't matter because you know, there's no circumstance in which Dana White right now is going to let a UFC fighter under contract go across the street and box Jake Paul, whether that's fair or not. But he's continuing the conversation to the point where on the UFC endeavor, their parent company earnings call, it was brought up. It was brought up. How much is the influence of Jake Paul constantly berating the fighter pay argument changing things? So I think he's going to make nominal change. But again, I think he's doing that more selfishly to try to lure those guys across the street, get them out of their deals and fight him. And again, I think the same thing might be true in his Robin Hood performance in championing women's boxing. It may be he's only into this fight because Serrano didn't have a bigger trainer and he wants to get looked at as a positive movement in boxing because look, he's trying to crash the party in the pay-per-view market in all of combat sports and he's done decently well. So he's going to be looked at as a clown. So it's not a bad PR move to embrace Serrano, embrace this fight. Will it have change and and fallout for women's boxing positively? I, I think if the fight's great, people want to see more. Maybe they want to see a rematch or a third fight or at least see where each female fighter is going to go out of this fight but i think in general it's the right time right moments the right people the right fighters the right promoters the right networks at the right time if women's boxing in this modern day era is going to go somewhere legit i think the thing that the the sport has missed in the thing that mma does have in the women's game is a a good amount of elite fighters fighting together The, the problem in women's boxing was not only were they not getting the pay or the platform there's just not a lot of great fighters still across the board. That's why so many of these fights, they throw on vacant titles. You know, I think Clarissa Shields, and this is not not a knock against her ambition or her ability, she's an undisputed champion in multiple weight classes because there's just nobody else. That changed, I think, 
because of women's boxing being added to the Olympics. It began the legitimacy of a, of a farm system. It produced a, a Katie Taylor who's, who's you know so ready to take on this mantle as the face of women's boxing. It produced a Clarissa Shields who won two gold medals. I think that could have some great positive outlook long-term mixed with the, 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 the attention around this fight to just basically give uh, you know young female athletes a, a, another avenue should they want to. And, and it's about damn time because uh, these are great fighters and it goes back to why this, the, the idea of still doing two minute rounds and 10 minute, 10 round fights. It just, it's just, it's a joke. I mean, it, it prevents these women stars from getting the knockouts that they might need to, to, to legitimize themselves even more. It prevents fun. I mean, it prevents, uh, you know, uh, entertainment. So um, all things considered, the pressure is on Taylor and Serrano to carry this sport to the next level. But how are they going to fail? Guys, how is this fight going to be anything but a barn burner? Have you watched these ladies? They are one and two pound for pound for a reason. They're all so exciting as all heck and go after it. I could not be more excited about what's going to go down Saturday and how that you know affects the future of women's boxing moving forward. Just one quick one there, Brian. You've mentioned the kind of round length uh, discussion. Um, how far do you think we are away from that change coming? And also the fact that Katie Taylor shot down that conversation so quickly, do you think there's kind of a strategic um, element to that, that it kind of suits her style better than kind of, you know, maybe prevents some of the heavy trading that Amanda Serrano might be looking for? I absolutely think that was a smart strategic performance by Katie Taylor, who you got to understand she's the A side of this, you know, from a business standpoint, no, no question about it. She's already proven herself on the, you know, on the world stage as a draw as legitimate where Serrano sort of catching up, you know, in sort of the of a commercial sense, it was strategic. Why? Because look, uh, Katie Taylor's more of an output aggressive boxer. And in the two minute window that really allows her to get advantages. She's also going in against a pure power puncher in Serrano, a southpaw who carries that weight, that power up and down the scales, wherever she goes. It's the one thing we always say, why, why has Clarissa Shields, despite her great success, not become an American star? She had to go to MMA. She had to go to the PFL to try to, you know, make the money she feels she deserves. Sometimes you have to say, maybe she's being robbed of the chance to get these knockouts in the three minute window. So is, is Katie Taylor, who let's give her credit. She said, why didn't you negotiate this? ahead of time if you wanted this so badly right we already signed the contract in that regard i'm not going to damn katie i get this is a strategic move it, it should help her but you want to talk about entertainment these two these two put out put it on i mean these two let their hands go so we're going to get 10 wild two-minute rounds for as long as this thing lasts uh strategic uh, decision or not by katie Taylor. You mentioned Jordan Maldonado a moment ago, and he in the behind the scenes videos that's part of uh, Jake Paul's production company for this. No, these videos aren't that viewed as like a, a separate YouTube channel, which I assumed had had a, a lot more coverage of it or a few more eyeballs on it. But he gave a pretty good insight to how they're looking at Katie Taylor. He, he says she's 35. She needs to win now. She's on our last legs. Bad things are going to start happening to her after this over the next couple of years. And she's obviously a couple of years down the track in comparison to Amanda Serrano, which is uh, an interesting kind of juxtaposition to maybe some of Taylor's last few fights where there is this idea that maybe she is slowing down a little bit. Like, I guess if you want to to really kind of look at, at Taylor, you could make the point that actually she's going to show up and it really matters this weekend if, you, if you're really hopeful for Taylor. So there's been a couple of things that we're hearing. Obviously, Maldonado is going to say something like that. But what's the truth here? What, what What's your eye telling you when you're watching Taylor over the last little while? 
Um, look, you know, first and foremost, this is the right fight at the right time. Taylor might be 35. Serrano might be 33, but they're in their absolute combination of physical and mental prime. So I have no doubt that it's it's an even fight. Is Taylor closer to the end? Probably. Are the recent performances suggestions that she's slowing? I it, It's hard to tell because, look, there's levels to this game. And I do believe there is a core of five, six seven, maybe truly elite women's fighters today. Everybody else is a step down. Now that step down, there's levels within that too. But when I've seen Taylor against the very best, two things stood out to me. One, she's able to raise her game to another level. And that's a key to to the magic of what she brings there and why it's easy to follow her, her humility, her, you know, her honest style, her hard work. I mean, it's easy to get seduced into that. But I did see her in that incredible two-fight series with Delphine Pursun. So can we put some respect on that on that police mm-hmm. officer's name? And look, I thought Pursun won the first fight. And I thought she did. I was there ringside at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you know, it could have been a draw. It could have gone either way. But I saw a fighter willing to risk it all in Pursun, risk, risk her face, and just walk into the pressure that Katie Taylor's used to putting on and just go after it. If your team Serrano, can you talk yourself into the idea that Taylor's a little bit older, that this may, you know, this is her Super Bowl, that maybe she's been holding it together for, you know, the best she can lately. But if you're a great fighter, who's also a great pressure fighter, which Serrano can be, Serrano can do it all. Understand that Serrano can do it all in the ring. Can they, can they break her? I think you have your team, you know, Serrano, you have to talk yourself into that idea. You saw Pursun, who's a little bit less, who's a little bit more limited, a little bit more raw, actually a lot more raw, to be fair. Really find the the vulnerable spot on how you stand up and deal with a Katie Taylor. Because uh, to be fair, because there's not an elite set across the board, each division, Sometimes I think Katie Taylor's in there where she can rely on just her technique or just her pressure to get wins. Serrano can absolutely do it all. So is there truth to what they're saying? There might be kernels of it, but I think at the end of the day, they're they're big talkers. They want to talk themselves into it. They want to talk everyone else into believing them. And I can't stress this enough. Hang around Jordan Maldon, not long enough. You're going to see some wild things. I've called, I've called uh, maybe, maybe Amanda Serrano's biggest win to the state. Uh, was when she fought the champion from a lower weight class, Daniel Bermudez in Puerto Rico. I called that fight ringside. Maldonado got thrown out of that fight during it for, for, for yelling at everybody. I've seen him get thrown out of press events. He says a lot of stuff, but I do think there's some, there's some levels of truth to this. If you're really looking at it, and obviously the, the betting oddsmans are, and I've seen the, the odds go back and forth, but I've also seen Serrano more often than not as the betting favorite. We know Katie Taylor doesn't trash talk, but one comment that I saw from her was kind of, saying that Serrano's never been dragged into deep water. She's never kind of been in a war. She doesn't know what that's like. We don't know what's going to happen. Is that a fair statement to make, just for people who wouldn't have seen as much of her rise as you have, or is that a bit of an oversimplification? <laughs> it's a great question. So in, in light of everything I said with there being levels, with there being a smaller amount of truly elite women's boxers than you would want to at this point, have I seen her in, in action fights? Yes, but but more often than not, she's the dictator of the pace, of the space, of the power being thrown out there. Um, that might actually be true as well. See, Amanda Serrano has yet to find her Delphine Pursun. Yeah, she's already lost in, in you know earlier in her career, but in terms of the modern Amanda Serrano, who we've seen over the past five, six, seven years, she hasn't found really her equal in there. I thought Daniela Bermudez could be that, 
And Serrano's ability to, to, to find, you know, find the power shots in the big moment, whether she's pressuring, whether she's counter punching, whether she's leading the dance with the jab again, she can do it all. No, I don't think she's actually been against somebody on her same level in that deep of a 50, 50 all action fight. So that's part of what makes handicapping this so fun is that whether you thought Taylor won the first pursuit fight or not. And by the way, the rematch was, was awesome. It was a great fight as well. Um, you know, that she's been tested at that level. Uh, I tend to believe Amanda Serrano can swim in any pool at any length at any distance against anybody, but uh, that's a big part of heading into there. Some of the things we don't know yet. And we have to see Saturday night. Can we ask you to call it? Have you got to a point where you feel confident doing so? Okay, I, I think Amanda Serrano is more skilled, has more options, and that that gap in power, I think, could be big. Now she has a lot more knockouts than Katie Taylor. Some of that, though, to be fair, has come at the lower weight classes. She won titles at 118 pounds. If you haven't followed Serrano's rise, in part of this mirrors the fact that she didn't get big promotional push or the paydays. There's there's certain calendar years in which she's fighting at 118 one night. Four months later, she's fighting at 135, right? Two, three months later, she's back down to 126. So she has fought a lot of smaller opponents and she's absolutely blown them away. But I, I've seen enough of her to know her power carries late. Her power comes out in different varieties, right? Like she can, she can, she can produce power as a counterpuncher, as, as a boxer, as any situation. What Taylor has best going for her is those pockets of pressure are so tight technically. Like you'll never say Katie Taylor's a brawler, right? No, she, she's so technically taught, well-taught, but she carries such a high pace. She stands right in front of you, and she gets off accurate combinations that in the, in the, in the two-minute rounds, that's hard to beat. Uh, I tend to believe if somebody can raise their game to a level we have not seen yet, it is Amanda Serrano, and I believe in her. The southpaw, the power, the boxing ability. This fight can go either way. The odds are telling you it's a virtual pick but if I had to lean one way, I think Amanda Serrano's power could end up being the difference, but she has to make Katie Taylor take a back foot step. She's got to do some of the things Pursun did and more, right? You can't just meet Katie's Taylor, Katie Taylor's pressure with pressure and hope that's enough because Taylor does adjust very well. You've got to hurt her. Pursun uh, at times, at times, right? Wore Katie down, but Katie kept finding another gear. Does Serrano have the power to, to shut that gear down? She does. That's why I'm favoring her to win this. Okay, very interesting. Well, Brian, you've hyped us up nicely for this on Saturday night. It's a must-watch. It is Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. You've been listening to Brian Campbell of CBS and Showtime and Morning Combat as well. Brian, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, guys.